Well, Calling All Radiohead fans, author Phil Rose has released his second book on the band. His latest, titled Radiohead, Music for Global Future, looks at the band's creation and progression from On a Friday through a moon-shaped pool. Another book sets out to discuss the importance of Radiohead right across the band's two decades and counting, the push-pull relationship they have with technology and how it's changed the band's sound. And for more on this, author Phil Rose joins us now. Phil, it's nice to see you. Thanks for dropping by. Nice to see you, Jeff. First off, just uh, what made you such a fan of Radiohead's uh, music? Uh, what was the pull for you? I think the uh, the major pull was the themes that are dealt with in the work of the group. Um, so those were the things that resonated most strongly with me. After that, um, their talent, I think, in terms of using the studio as a musical instrument, you know, not not sort of unlike the tradition of Pink Floyd for instance, mm-hmm. you know. Are they a band that loves the studio then or did love the studio? That Because there's a lot of bands that go in and just hate the process, right? And it's a grind every day, but th- they really, truly loved being in there? I think they like recording. I think they then built their own studio because they didn't like using other studios so much. But uh, certainly they came to love um, recording during the Benz, their second album, um, particularly through working with Nigel Godrich, their producer uh, over... Um, now, you know, two decades, as you say, they're they're unique in that fact that they've kept the same producer the whole time, similarly to the Beatles in that regard with George Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I think he was instrumental as well as uh, some of the earlier producers they worked with to opening their eyes to what could be done. Yeah. Now you say that the themes that the band talked about, uh, the issues and the subject they they talked about, really drew you in. Uh, what specifically was it? Uh, technology? Yeah, I, I've always been very interested in in uh, technology and technological change, and how technology and technological change uh, influences culture and cultural change, and so. Uh, this was a theme that was uh, apparent, especially with OK Computer, but ever since then as well. So, you know, even a phenomenon such as information overload, which mm-hmm. uh, even when looking back at reboxing OK Computer for its 20 anniversary, uh, 20 year anniversary uh, release. Um, uh, uh, Tom York was going over some of his old notes, et cetera, et cetera, and, and 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 observing, you know, the the role of information overload even during that time. And as he remarked as well, I mean, it's so much more of a problem now than even it was then. Um, I think uh, I've read that uh, humans have created more information in the last five years than they have throughout the rest of human history. Would it be fair to say that an OK computer, and by the way, what's the intonation on that? Is it OK computer or is it like OK computer? <laughs> well, they, they actually nicked that from uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So it's more like OK computer okay. <laughs> uh, when they're talking to the computer uh, in yeah, is that album, is it the musical equivalent of, say, I don't know, George Orwell's 1984? Would that be a fair statement? Uh, yeah, I think I would uh, suggest that's a, that's, a, that's a good sort of uh, comparison because um, essentially, ultimately, it is a concern about politics and what's happening to um, uh, people's ability to influence their politics and uh, particularly, um, you know, uh, generations that start to care more about that uh, and that influence, uh, of which I, I would include uh, them, 
mm-hmm. uh, as as people in that boat. Yeah, where does that all come from for the band? Is that basically Tom York, the the leader of a uh, Radiohead? Uh, is he the one sort of the the driving force behind some of these themes? I I think ultimately most of the themes are coming from uh, his sort of influence. Um, I would I would hesitate to say that the other members aren't uh, on board with that too, because I, I think they're all interested in technology in a particular kind of way. Though, um, as along your suggestion, Tom York when they did Kid A, which was quite an upheaval in their creative process, um, was really trying to impress upon the other members of the group that you don't need to play on every track and we're not using guitars in the same way as we did then. Mm-hmm. We're going to recreate ourselves. And I think through that painful process, um, you know, uh, other members of the band uh, saw some of the possibilities uh, that he was trying to promote and uh, then ran with it themselves as well. All right. Tom York, uh, some might call him a prophet, uh, perhaps, but is that something he would embrace, uh, that, that title? I think he um, I think he thinks that some of his work does presage things, and I think he does um, kind of accept... Um, the role of the artist, uh, as it sometimes has been discussed, particularly as someone who is kind of an outsider, but perhaps also an insider. He's talked about the privilege of having the time to just sit back and and observe and reflect, which most people don't have that kind of opportunity in life because their lives are so full of things that keep them busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, yeah, I think that uh, he does see music as as, um, to paraphrase him, as a way of opening doors that um, um, otherwise might not have been opened for people. Yeah, but when you're a prophet, uh, when people are taking seriously what you say, what you write, and, and the music you make, with that comes a lot of uh, adulation and a lot of fame, and that's not something he necessarily has been comfortable with, right? No, I think uh, over time he has um, more grown into that role, but it was quite a a very painful adaptation process, which I do talk about a little bit in terms of that reinvention of their creative um, way of being uh, between OK Computer and Kid A. Um, and, you know, the, the process of slowly beginning to play larger venues, which they first found very estranging as well, as some other artists have in the past as well. But I, I take it that they've kind of grown more into that now, particularly because, you know, when I saw them last summer here in Toronto, they were, you know, playing two shows at the Air Canada Centre, which is, mm. of course, no small uh, venue. Yeah, that, <laughs> so. that's not one of like one of those small clubs off the beaten path no, somewhere. Yeah, no. you've kind of made it when you get to the Scotiabank Arena, right? That's right. <laughs> that's right. That and uh, part of his reasoning is that they they felt like that they've been able to make those spaces more of an intimate experience than they would have been prior. Mm-hmm. You know, it very much reflects uh, a lot of the the same kind of language and concerns that Roger Waters has had expressed, you know, with Pink Floyd, uh, you know, back in the 1970s, in which the wall was in part a kind of response to, you know, the the sort of stadium rock uh, extravaganza yeah. sort of things. So. Well, you know, there's an old adage: uh, "Be careful what you wish for, because you might just get it." That's right. right. And yeah. does that apply, you think, to Tom York and to Radiohead? Uh, all of this uh, fame that uh, came their way in this global spotlight. Uh, famously, uh, they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and uh, didn't show. Yeah. Well, actually, two members did show um, to, to, to collect the honor. Um, I think that's just their way 
um, when they won a Grammy some years back for um, In Rainbows, only the guitarist uh, Johnny Greenwood and Tom York showed and performed uh, the first song off of In Rainbows with a giant uh, uh, brass band, I believe it was, uh, from uh, UCLA or something like Mm -hmm. that. So it's not uh, unprecedented, uh, that kind of uh, response to those... uh, those sort of uh, events where they're being uh, recognized. So do you think uh, they're comfortable where they're at now? I think they are. I think the only discomfort that seems to leak through is that they are very conscious of not doing what they're doing simply because they feel they have to do it. Um, You know, they're doing other solo kinds of projects and they don't necessarily have a roadmap ahead of time where Radiohead will be back in the studio. Uh, they feel like they need a reason to do it. They don't, as they've put it, they don't want to just be feeding the machine mm-hmm. sort of thing. So I think they are relatively comfortable uh, after those discomforting kind of earlier periods. All right, before I wrap, because uh, we're running out of time here, I do have to ask Heather, my super producer, who's a super Radiohead fan, have we covered everything okay, HP? Did, do we have one question we need to ask? Have you met Tom York? I'm afraid I haven't, but a friend of mine did meet him way back on the Benz tour, and I do have an autographed CD uh, with Tom's signature on it. So that was the closest I've got to Tom York. All right. Radiohead Music for a Global Future is available now from author Phil Rose. Phil, great to meet you, and thanks for coming in. Likewise, Jeff. Thank you. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.